little girl You are lost, tell me who are you Just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and we're back with Maria G. Hello. Hey, honey. So we are. We just concluded the first section. Now we're in the second portion of your story, which is you got to the point where you didn't. You had lost someone. You also had lost your daughter, and now you were potentially about to lose your feet because you were homeless in a okay. freezing truck, mm-hmm. and you were in a hospital in Tennessee. How long after you were in the University of Tennessee hospital? Um, and they were trying to make sure everything was good with mm-hmm. you before you got presented with the opportunity to come to Virginia. It was about a week, maybe 10 days after that. My friend reached out to me through Facebook. Okay. Right. Cause that's how we all stay connected. Uh, now. Of course. And um, he was like, what are you still doing there? Like your daughter's in Jersey with your family. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, you can, if you want to come here and try something different. And here's the thing. So I'd worked in logistics Okay. after, after I left my husband, I worked in logistics and, um, this area is huge for transportation. So Absolutely. I was like, ooh, opportunity. And I'm really good at running away. Of course. Problems. And geographical change will fix everything because if I move somewhere else, my whole life will get better, which is a lie. But Well, and you said you also found out that you had a warrant you didn't know about. Yeah, so I had all kinds of illegal issues going on in Tennessee. Um, one of the things I had done is I'd stayed with a family that I, I met their kid in detox. Okay. And I stayed with a family in Knoxville. That um, the dad was the um, assistant district attorney or de- defense attorney, whatever for the for the county, and um, he was the one that actually told me he came in the hospital because I had left their house because I was drinking. And okay. That's why I stayed in my truck, and he was like, "So you have a warrant out for your arrest, right? Um, for failure to comply." I, I left the scene of an accident. I didn't give my insurance information. I was drunk when it happened. I didn't want to mm. do all that, right? Right. So he told me that there was going to be police officers coming for me. So they did. They came for me when I got out of the hospital. I was in the, the Tennessee jail for like a night. Then he picked me up, brought me back to my truck. Okay. And that's when I was like, all right, the, the uh, defense attorney. And he was like, look, you're going to have to go to court. You have to deal with this. And 10 days later, I was out of state. Wow. I was out of state on my way here. And that yeah. was March of 2013. I still have the Facebook memories to prove it. It was literally, <laughs> right. I came here on March 13th, 2013, which is my clean date, except I didn't get clean till March 13th of 2017. Wow. So four years here. I was in and out of of using. So in and out of using, but not in and out of trying to actually attempt a 12-step program. Is that correct or no? Well, yeah. I mean, I tried. And here's the thing. Like, there's some stuff I glossed over. Like, I was gang raped down in Florida. Yes. I got high with some people, um, and this guy decided when I was fucked up that he needed to make money off my body for crack. Okay. And pimped me out to like eight guys. And I remember bits and pieces. So like there was that part of me that was already broken and shriveled, right? Like I'm all fucked up and nobody wants me and they use me. Um, and I didn't tell anybody. So, well, and that's what I was going to ask too. And since you bring it up now, we'll go ahead and ask now. Um, how were there times throughout, you mentioned abuse one time. Mm-hmm. Now you've mentioned rape. Um, a lot of times in people's stories, it doesn't matter, male, female, um, rape, and abuse do not know a gender or a sexuality Mm -mm. so were there other occurrences because of the addiction where that's the thing it's the if you if i look back at anything bad i was normally fucked up or i was around fucked up people of course right so there was that i fell downstairs and fucked my face up um i've gotten into altercations with other people like physically because i've pushed and shoved because i wanted more um, other than that, other than the rape, 
Um, which luckily, and as fucked up as it sounds, I was so fucked up, I only remember bits and pieces. Did but you for, go make sure to, I'm assuming you to go get tested and yeah, all of this right away? thank fucking God. You're very you know, lucky. I was very lucky. The guy was smart and handed out condoms. Maybe that way that they couldn't, like, find traces of shit. Probably. Know. Probably. Um. But, but a blessing. Yeah. But So when I got here, um, and I, I, I ended up losing my truck, because I ended up drinking at my friend's house, and he kicked me out, and, um... I'd, I'd ended up losing my truck because I got pulled over thinking it was a DUI, but I was actually on something called um, Seroquel. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm but familiar. I didn't know what it was going to do to me. So it was funny because I'm trying to explain to the cop that I'm really not drunk. Like, lady, I'm really not drunk. I swear <laughs> to God. Like, normally Seroquel. I'm drunk. Like, normally I'm really fucked up. Right. They didn't realize I didn't have a license. They just thought I didn't have a Virginia license. So oh, they gave me a okay. DUI, a reckless driving because I was swerving and took my truck and they put me in Hampton jail. And I, this is what year? 2000, still 2013, but now we're coming into end of summer. Okay. So I lose my truck. I don't know where the fuck I am. My family's not talking to me. I don't even have a goddamn wallet or my phone because it's in the truck at an at a, impound. Yep. I meet some dudes who are signing on the road up at Hampton on Mercury when I'm talking about signing panhandling. Okay. And I'm like, yo, like, can you tell me where this place is? And they're like, oh, hot chick. Well, we'll help you. We live in the woods. So I hung out with these guys because they had weed and they had mm-hmm. alcohol. They didn't yep. do anything to me. Luckily, there okay. was, no, there was okay. no physical abuse in that. Okay. But what had happened was during my time um, when I did relapse, I went into the hospital. This is how I got the Seroquel. I went into Murderview or what's known as Maryview Hospital. Yep. Yep. They put me in the Seroquel and I met a girl there who was cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Other than the lady that was there playing chess by herself and talking to the person <laughs> across from her playing chess. Right. And um, she was like, if you ever need anything, um, I know some people that can help if you need money. So when all this shit went down and I met these people, I did get my phone back out of my car and I called her and she's like, here's a number, call this guy. Um, And that's when I started getting into prostituting. Wow. Because I was already at a point where I couldn't find a job. I'd been either using the bus or my feet forever and now I didn't have a vehicle and I didn't know where I was. And where were you quote unquote living or staying or whatever? I wasn't. I was literally in the woods. In the woods with those guys. dudes in Hampton. And it was not their idea. This was a, you decided, well, I guess I can use my body. Yeah, because somebody else already did, right? Right. Fuck it. Um, And the guy that had called me was a very professional man. Very upscale. Which this stems from when the lady said, "If you need to get some money, I know someone." She meant a I pimp. Yeah. So, well, it's not a pimp. So here's what here's what people don't know. There's a very underground system here. Yes. Very underground system here of um, very upper scale men who have wives who want pay for play. Okay. That's clean. Okay. Okay. Now I might be a drunk. But I'm not living in the heroin, woods. Like, and I'm not saying anything against it. A lot of the girls that they end up dealing with are shooting drugs, and that freaks them out because of intervenous shit, right? They right, don't right. Bring, they don't want to bring anything home to their wives. Correct, correct. So this guy met me at a hotel in Hampton and put me up there for a week. Said, I want to take some pictures of you. And I was like, fuck, whatever, dude. Just give me some money so I can keep give staying me, drunk. I was going to say, just give me some money. Yep, yep. Yeah, I need to keep a roof over my head. And um, he did that, and he took some pictures, and then he asked me if I'd go get um, a test. Okay, STD he test. He is a very high up man in the Centera hospital system. So he literally had like a drug te- or a test form for me and shit to send wow. me there. I swear to God, dude, for piss and fucking blood. So when I came wow. back with nothing, not even the herp, he was like, this is a gold mine. This is a fucking gold mine. And I'm like, whatever. As long as you keep taking care of me, I, and I don't know what to do because I can't get my truck out. Right? I didn't have the money to get my truck out. I felt lost. I felt hopeless. Right. 
So that's what he did. And um, he's like, all right, well, we're going to have sex. And I'm like, okay. And then it was, I'm going to bring Oh, like he was taking you for a ride, like a test drive. Yeah. He's like, all right. So we do that. And then he's like, all right, well, I've got this girl. I want to, I want to do it with you and her. And then it was, um, I've got some friends. You mind these friends. So I was like, all right, cool, man. I'm like, what the fuck ever? As long as I have a roof over my head, I don't care because right now I'm so lost. My family doesn't want anything to do with me. I have no friends here. My daughter's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, you feel like you're at the total bottom. You're like, I've got nothing to lose anyways. I've got nothing less to lose. So So. I did. I met these guys um, and they they were high class gentlemen. Um, I had about eight of them total over the two years that I had used them. Okay. Um, and it wasn't an everyday thing. It was like, cause I was getting paid pretty decent. So this money. was like consistent clients that were repeat, not repeat, not going, walking down Shell okay. Road gotcha. or putting my name on back page or any of that shit. Oh, Shell Road. Yeah. I, I was about to say, I'm bringing up that cause oof, yeah, I remember Shell Road, oh, Rip Rap. Shell Road, dude. So yeah, so I never had to do that. But, um, one thing I didn't know was that I had a court date in Hampton for all that shit that happens. And there was cops in the area looking for some kid with tattoos and it wasn't me. But oh. they asked me about him when I gave him my name. They're like, you know, you have a um, an FT, FTA. FTA. Yep, failure to appear. Okay, so I thought that shit was like an airline. And I'm like, what are you talking about an FTA? <laughs> right. They're like, failure to appear. They fucking arrested me right there. And I had a client coming. No, no when you say right there, where's the hotel? There? Okay, so and who's the one that approached you? A cop. Wow. So he was looking for a kid with tattoos that I guess was But it just there. so happened to be that it was you for something else. Yeah, like they had asked me my name and I didn't have a problem giving them to him. Because you didn't know. I didn't know. Yep. And uh, so they took me in. My client was nice enough. The client I had at the time. Was an attorney? No. He's a member of recovery. Okay. He's actually one of us. Um, Okay. And that's his addiction is pay for play. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but he kind of realized it when I told him I needed him to bring liquor. Okay. Right. Yeah. He's like, I got this. I kind of understand what's going on. So when I called him from jail, because my mom wouldn't answer and he's the only phone number I had and he answered, he was used to this. Right. He was used to this. right? Right. So he put money on my books. And when I got out in 28 days, because they put me through rigmarole to get me out and mm-hmm. gave me new court dates, like they're dropping the DUI, they're keeping the reckless. You have to do ASAP, but you got to come back to court. Yep. So I get. They're out. making sure they get their money. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! And I don't even have a license. How the fuck am I going to do ASAP when I don't even drive? Dude? Right. Like right. What? I haven't had a license at that point in over 10 years. Right. So they um they I get out. One of the guys shows up, picks me up, takes me to a hotel in Hampton. I do my deed with him. I get my money. I put more money on my phone, so I have a phone. And then I end up calling a 1-800 number uh, for a suicide hotline because I'm literally so at the drunk end. and so miserable. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What, so year, I, what year are we looking at now? 2004. Okay. So I go do that. Um, I end up in a detox up in Hampton, a crisis center. They call it Riverside Crisis Center. 2004 uh, or 2014? Four. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. 2014. My apologies. Okay. 2014, um, and I'm like in and out of that place for a little while, meeting Johns to take care of money, um, and I end up finally, I look at the lady the third time I'm in there, and I'm like, look, you need to get me the fuck out of Hampton, because when I leave here, the people I call are not the people I need to call, because I have no one else to call. You need to change your people, places, and things. And that's when they brought me down the pathways. Wow. They sent me from one CSB center to the other, which is right down the street, and it was awesome. So like... I found out about Oxford. Yep. I got into an Oxford house. I did good for a few months. Now, when Oxford was uh, brought up to you, did you have other options as well? Because no. a lot of people I know do did not know no. exactly what that meant. And it was new to me because a lot of people thought, well, oh, so you're in a halfway house. It's like, no, 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 no. This is not a halfway house. This is a sober living yeah. house. So, so yeah. So I had um, I'd heard of it, but not really understood it. 
And um, for me, anywhere was good. Right. Anywhere was better than a hotel because I'd been homeless too off and on a little bit. You know what I mean? Anything Absolutely. And when you are living with clothes and garbage bags, and that's yeah. how you're moving around. Your Absolutely. life is shit, right? Absolutely. So when I got there and they told me about this place, man, I called every Oxford house in Virginia Beach. I got an interview at one and was denied and was freaked out because at this point, CSB was helping. CSB okay. would fund back then. Oh, and they still do. They do now, but they stopped for like a year or two. Okay. And then they went back. But okay. anyway- so the second house I got interviewed in, I got in, and of course, here I am, perfect little people pleaser. I got Absolutely. a job right away. Mm-hmm. Um, they make you go to meetings, but I wasn't connecting. I was just getting a ride, and um, and I didn't like the girls there. Yeah, it they, happens a lot. That, that I didn't like the girls because I'd ask them for a ride to a meeting, and they wouldn't want to take me, and I felt like I, I walked You're everywhere. like, how am I supposed to do anything? Yeah, yeah. Get anywhere, do and what I'm supposed what to. to. do. And the thing was, because I wasn't, when I'd go to a meeting, I wasn't asking for phone numbers. Right. I wasn't doing all that you shit. You were still blaming everyone else. Yeah, so... um you know, I did relapse after a little while. Of course, there's boys intermingled in there. Of course. Of course. Um, and, you know, I'd relapse. The house always brought me back because I was always a good home person. So when you relapsed, now this is 2014 that you tried um, You tried this whole thing for the first time and you relapsed. Now, when you relapse out, you have to go somewhere else for 30 days. Where were you going? One of the uh, Johns put me up. Gotcha. So he put me up. Um, in Hampton or down here? Down here in Virginia okay. Beach, right? Because I had, no, some of them like, a lot of my clients were from Virginia Beach. Oh, They would travel to Hampton because okay. that's where I was. And so, you still had their numbers. I still, yeah. So, okay. um, so yeah, that went off and on. That was a few months worth of that where I would get sober. I'd go back. Um, and then like 60 days later, I relapsed. So we get into... We get into late 2014 and, um, and I, I, I relapse again and Pathways is finally like... Look, this isn't working. You keep coming back here and you're a really nice person. Um, what do you think about going to rehab? Like, like a real one. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't have money. I don't have insurance. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll fucking send you. <laughs> right. And we I believe was, you. We believe in you. And I was like, all right, cool. So they sent me up to a place called Phoenix House up in North uh, North Virginia. Which, which is, is now Arlington. something else. Yeah. So they sent me up there. I did my time there. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay up here because it's great. And this and, is in what part of Virginia? Richmond um, area? Arling- no, Arlington. Arlington. Arlington, okay. Alexandria area. So like I move up there. Dude, you know, within like a week of getting out, like I, I had a John meet me because I didn't of have course, money. Of course. Oxford was paid for, but I didn't have money. Um, And I'm looking for a job. And he comes up to meet me. And like I get my money. And I'm waiting for the bus because let me tell you, the bus is a really dangerous place for an alcoholic because we have way too much time to think. Right. And we're waiting around a lot. Absolutely. And when you see an ABC store. Oh, it's on. It's like, you know what? I can do this. I'm okay. Next thing you know, I'm passed out at the fucking bus stop. Of course. And I lose my Oxford house. I end up in a fucking detox where I meet some fucking crazy dude who- This drank, is up in Alexandria. Up in Alexandria. I meet some crazy dude, so I end up leaving with him and staying at his place where it just gets even more out of fucking control. And finally, I throw my hands up after forever. Oh, and I do get arrested up there because I was stealing booze. Um, but they gave me trespassing, thank God. Um, so right before we get into that, we're going to take one break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So we were talking about that you were just getting a charge up in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. So I get this charge up there. um, And of course, I end up running. Right. Um, Of course. I come back down here to Virginia Beach. Um, The gentleman, one of my clients. Right. 
um, who was in a program who had had decades decades clean and sober was like, "Look, I'll help you. You can come down here and stay here, but you gotta stay. You gotta stay sober." And but I'll, the but the guy that was helping you, his weapon of choice was pay for play. Yeah, the guy not was, not, not a substance. No, he like was that. he was hardcore back in the day. Okay, but he had gotten decades okay. clean. Right? Gotcha, gotcha. So he's like, "You can come down here and I'll help you. You just gotta stay sober. Stay sober." So I did that. I came down um, and I ended up leaving his place i you know I, I could always get a job i could always get a job for some reason like right. my mom was like you're a cat you can land on your feet so i got a job i moved out of his place in with some weirdo as a roommate um not not recovery related right um i ended up start drinking again and the guy from alexandria that i was hanging out with decided to come down here and he I, now i need a hostage i need somebody to drink with right because yeah. everybody i know is sober so i'm like he comes to my place. Um, he's staying there. We're hanging out and drinking. He's panhandling to get us booze because now, of course, I lose my job, right. which is reoccurring, right? Yeah. Um, and one night, he's he started getting louder and louder every time he would drink, right? And I hate that shit. I hate the anger and the violence. So I'm like, dude, you need to get out finally. Like, I'm done with you. Right. Get out. He goes downstairs, calls 911, and says, I hit him. And this is where? This is in Virginia Beach. Wow. Right off of uh, Baxter Road. Okay. Okay. So like this is right in the heart of like town near town center. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I hear him on the phone. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. So you know what I do? I grab all of his beer, crack him and drink him like a beast. Put some makeup on. Cops come. I, I'm like, dude, look at him. Seriously, he's a big dude. I'm like, I didn't even touch him. He's like, we believe you. Don't trust me. But with it being a domestic situation. You have to go. This is what we have to do. Well, when they did that, I found out that I had warrants again. Because I ran from Alexandria. And I right. never and I never did the ASAP class. Oh, my god. That gosh. Hampton told me I had to do, right? So guess what? Mm-hmm. You're going to jail. Yep. So I went to jail for. Um, and this is what year now? Uh, this is 2015. 15? Yep. I was in jail from April of 2015 to the end of August. Um, at the end of and at the end they sent me up to out. So I had to do Hampton shit, right? Yep. First off, Virginia Beach shit. So Virginia Beach dropped my charges, obviously for assault because I didn't do anything. But then they move you because those were pending. Now that it's done, they moved you to Hampton. Hampton, Hampton, took Hampton, care of that. Hampton's like, all right, so you still got to do ASAP to get your license back, but because you broke your probationary rules, you're going to stay in here. It was six months, but they drop it to three because it's a misdemeanor, right? In half, half right? time. And then as I'm leaving there, they're like, no, you're not leaving yet. You got to go up to uh, Alexandria. You got to go up to this place because you ran away from your trespassing charge. And oddly enough, so far you're the first one that we have. I've talked to that actually had to deal with charges. So for those who don't understand, misdemeanors is 50% time and felony is 85% of right. your time. So you never do all your time. So that's where she was at. So the misdemeanor was 50% dropped to thir- to three months. Yeah. And then they shot you up to Arlington. Yep. And there they're like, all right. So this is a point where, I, okay, so my friend that's in recovery, who was my pay for play. He was cool enough to send me books. Like he actually helped me out. Right. Reason being is his wife, who had relapsed multiple times was right. in prison at this point. So he had been taking care of her for a while. How so long had she like, been locked up? Fucking like four years, man. Wow. Multiple, multiple stealing charges. And she's in her like fifties or sixties, dude. So like, that's crazy, right? Well, and you said the charge that stemmed up in Arlington was because you were stealing like, booze. I got, I didn't get caught. They caught me on camera. Gotcha. Right. But they dropped it to trespassing. Gotcha. But, so, but when I'm up there, I'm having this whole God epiphany thing, right? I'm like, look, God, while you're in jail, while I'm in jail, okay. I'm like, um, Whatever's going to happen is going to happen because people are always like we're worried about what's going to happen. Like, and we always keep... make those deals with the big man. Well, I didn't even make at this point. I wasn't making a deal. I think I'd surrendered a little bit. And I okay. was like, you know what? Whatever's going to happen happens because at this point it is what it is. Right. Um, luckily, they let me out the next day. 
Because you, you made a deal. I already did so much. No, I already did so much time. Right, They're like, right. the time served, you, you owe Because of everywhere else. Yeah, right. now, mind you, I owe fines in so many states at this point, right? I owe fines in New Jersey for the DUIs because I never paid them. I owe fines in Tennessee because of that shit. I owe wow. fines in Virginia. And I'm just running because why pay shit if I'm not going to drive? Now, at this, at this point, unless you know for a fact, what would you guess your totality was of fines at oh, that time? Oh, I already know. How much? It was close to 22000 Wow. Because I took a telephone pole out up in Jersey with one of my DUIs, and they charged me eleven grand for that. Okay. We have another thing in common. Mine yeah, wasn't a telephone pole. Better. It was a hydrant. Yeah. They're, they're expensive. <laughs> yeah. Fucking expensive. So, yeah. So, I had a lot. And it was one of those things where you just feel hopeless. So, why even call to find out about it? Because you just feel like you're never going to win. Like, I, that's yeah. how I felt. I'm never going to win. I'm never going to get past it. And the fucked up thing is now I'm like 38, 39 years old. Right. You know what I mean? I felt so fucking. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'm, this is, what I'm, am I doing? What am I doing? And I would daydream about like somebody coming and giving me money and fixing everything. That don't work. Of course. So um, I get out. My friend's nice enough to let me stay at his house again. Um, of course, I relapse again. I end up in Pathways. I was going to say, this is back down again in Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. They, they actually bust me down there. They bust you back to where you are because it's like a regional jail. And this was in two thousand, end of two thousand fifteen, in the summer, so in August. Yep. Um, and he's like, "Look, you got to go to meetings. You can't stay here unless you go to meetings." I'm like, "All right, dude." And now he wasn't asking me for sex either. Okay. We had gotten to that point. Well, like, you guys are like, actually friends. He was like, "Look, when he found out I was trying to stay sober and clean, he so was like, like, I don't want to fuck you. I want to help you.' Okay. So I'll fuck the other chicks that I know, but you, right. I want to try to help. And I'm okay. like, "All right, cool." So, um, that's I did, a blessing. I started going to meetings more and, um, I picked up the, the meeting guide and I started making phone calls and, um, I got for rocked. once for once for once I started making calls cause I was desperate. So to put a timer on that, that was about, this is August, six of, years of, of in and out of rooms and stuff before you make your first attempt seven, at calls. Yeah. Seven. It was literally seven years. Cause I went to rehab in August of 2008 and I went, started doing meetings, really meetings and making phone calls to get to them and reaching out in right. August of 2015. And so for those who don't know, um, a lot of these, it doesn't matter any of these types of programs are going to have some sort of a listing with certain contacts and you can call them, mm-hmm. but most people don't. I, you can call them. You can text them if it's a cell phone number. Man, I know how uncomfortable it is, but here's the fucked up thing. I would call a John or a client in a heartbeat to have a dick stuck up my ass. Right. Or two dicks. Trust me. I had to do that. That's not fun. Um, I would do that right. in a heartbeat. Not on my boat, but you know. Yeah. Um, I would do that in a heartbeat, but for me to call somebody that I didn't know that wanted to help me. Right. That phone, man. Oh, my God. It weighed a million so pounds. So fucking heavy. Yep. So it's just amazing what your addiction will make you do and what recover, what trying to get clean. You know what I mean? It's fucked up. Absolutely, because it, it's totally it, out of place. It's out of place, right? But also, my, my brain set was so used to the chaos. It was Abs- so used yep. to this is my lifestyle, this is what my life is, that doing something new and different was scary and uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, but I did. I started reaching out in two, end of, uh, August 2015. I started meeting some people. I started making some friends. And I started feeling good about myself again. And I got a job. And um, about six months in, I met a beautiful boy um, who was from the beach. And he was a heroin addict. And um, and and I was I was obsessed. And this obsessed. is 2016? Uh, end of 2015, right into 2016. We started dating uh, right at uh, Christmas of 2015. And my friends and my sponsor were like, look, dude, it's probably not a good idea. I think you have a problem with relationships and maybe you should focus on yourself. And I'm like, right. whatever, I got this. I've heard that for years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I wasn't doing step work. I, I had a home group, but I wasn't being a service. I wasn't reaching out and talking about my feelings because who talks about their feelings? Because I never talk about my feelings because that's what I was raised to not do, you know, because who wants 
keep the facade up. Right. Look happy. That's what I was taught. You got alcoholic families. A lot of them do that, especially they don't want the neighbors. Knowing. Yeah, just was, smile through the pain. Exactly. Nobody really knows what's going on, on the inside. And um, about a few months into that, he did relapse, and uh, I got upset. And um, of course, I'm going to use too. So I went and got drunk. And we kind of had a toxic relationship like that off and on um, for almost a year. And um, my friends in the program, man, I'm going to tell you right now, my mom and my sister shut me off. Right? They were like, "Marie, we can't, we can't do this." Right. The friends that I had made in the fellowship, they showed up and pushed the puke out of my hair. Right. They showed up and got me to detox. They showed up and told me no matter what, they loved me and that they had hope. I would walk into a meeting stinking the high heaven and they would be like still giving me hugs and like, we're just glad to see you. Keep, you know, keep coming back. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, that wasn't something I ever experienced, but I still wasn't at the point of total surrender yet. Like I wasn't completely ready. I thought I was. Yeah. Every time my ass was on fire and I was like going to lose my place yep. to live or my job, like my ass was on fire. Um, yep. And finally, you know, I was in and out of jobs again and I still hadn't done anything for my life and my license and my family. Like I said, um, it was March 13th, well, March 12th, March 12th of 2017 after another bender. Um, I was, I had another month at the townhouse I was staying. I still had alcohol. I still had weed in front of me and I was sitting there on the couch, my roommate sleeping upstairs and I'm like... I can't, I'm fucking almost 41, dude. Right. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't totally buzzed, or not not buzzed, but drunk, because I like to get dropped down drunk, right? And I'm right. like, fuck this. So I called 911 and was like, look, you need to come get me or I'm going to end up fucking drinking myself to death, which was a thing of mine. Right. I learned that I could call 911 and tell them I was suicidal, and they wouldn't put me in jail. They would put me in detox and get me help, right? Yep. And that became a crutch. I'm going to tell you right now, detox is like fucking vacation for an addict. Yep. It is like, oh my God, I don't have to worry about anything. You're going to make me not sick. You're going to give me food and let me sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where I was. And I felt safe. The minute you put me in the back of an ambulance, I was like, on my way to my vacation. Yeah, it's fucked up, right? It is. It is. That that was normal for me. It really fucking was. And when they came and got me, I threw away the rest of my shit um, because one of my roommates was in recovery. She was trying, but, you know, we both went in and out a little bit. And um, I threw away the rest of my shit. I went in a detox and, um, and on March 13th, 2017, I finally decided this was it. Yeah, you know, I woke up in detox and it was the same detox I woke up in like five other times. It was Virginia Beach. It's like, because I still had insurance because the job I had lost gave me insurance until the end of the month. And um, I remember being like, dude, I don't want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, I made calls to my friends and I thought they were going to give up on me. I really did. And my second day there... People came in from from a committee to bring meetings, and two of them were my best friends. And um, they were like, "We had to make sure we saw you. We had to tell you we loved you, and that when you get out, we're here." And I'm like, "Who the fuck does that? Right? And, like other people like us do that?" And um, God, it felt I cried, I broke down because one's like my dad. I think of him like my father, and the other right. one's like my best friend. He's a guy too. I mean, I have female friends, but these two are like my older friends that are cool. And um, I got a sponsor, a new sponsor in there. Um, I went back out to Oxford. This time I took shit seriously. Mm-hmm. I came out with negative $94 in my bank account. No job, no food stamps. No license. No license and fucking my clothes in bags again. Yep. And um, I, I got to the Oxford house and uh, like they already made me president and all that shit because I already been there a few times. Yeah. So they kind of knew that I knew what I was doing. Yep. Right. Yep. So um, 
but I told I told the guy that was running the whole deal. I was like, look, man, I'm not here for Oxford. Like, I hate to say that. Like, I'm here for, for my recovery. I'm here for my 12-step program and my fellowship. Those are what's first. This is second, okay? So I made my recovery first. Um, my for the sp- first time. For the first time. Like and Truly my, first. For truly first. And my sponsor, oh, God, I loved her so much. She was such a perv. Um, <laughs> we would talk about some of the wackiest shit, and she was like, look, if – you have a problem with men. You really need don't. I can't tell you to stay single, but if you're gonna get dick, get dick. Don't get feelings, okay? And if you're gonna do it, call me. Yes. And I was like, it's the right, truth. It's, it's the, the truth, truth, right? That's what she was like. And this is something where, like, for a while, my first year of recovery, because I had stayed, I'd stayed sober and clean for a year. Mm-hmm. I was real adamant about the whole don't get in a relationship, right? Because right. It worked for, because it, that was my experience, yeah. right? I'm all like preaching, like don't do it. <laughs> And now, like four years clean, and I have sponsees who I've seen have relationships or came in married and all this other shit. Right. My whole thing is, do what you want. You have to deal with the consequences. If yep. there is a consequence, that's on you. I can give you my experience and tell you, yes. I, in six months into it, I got some dick, and we hung out. And then when shit started to get too real, and I knew I didn't want it, we ended it. Yep. And I kept going back to that guy because it was comfortable and because... I thought maybe it would work, but it was like going back to a refrigerator and look, opening it and seeing the same stale food. But you kept going back to the goddamn refrigerator <laughs> thinking if you opened it, you'd see something new. Something different all the time. Pantry, refrigerator, yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Absolutely. So like I, it's going to change. I did that. And um, and I stayed away from the guy that I was toxic with who who we called the Silver Fox. I won't say his name, but we called him the Silver Fox. And um, But I stayed. I kind of stayed in contact with him. And um, I'd seen him a couple times. So I got a scooter. Yeah, I remember. You remember the scooter. So here I am getting my life together, right? And I realize that my DUIs are so old that I can drive a scooter. And I got a job, <laughs> dude. They're so old because you can't drive a scooter with a DUI here but, in Virginia. But, but you said they were so old? They dropped off my fucking record. Oh, right, because it had been more than it 10 been years. 10 years, right? Oh, so gotcha. they're off my record. So I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I can drive a scooter. I can drive a fucking scooter. Right, I've ridden right. motorcycles. My my Most of my friends were in a motorcycle club that was recovery-based. I'm like, fuck this, dude. I'm getting a scooter. And uh, I got a, I don't know how it all worked out, man. My higher power had a plan. A job that I had actually turned down right before I started drinking again, um, I reached out to them and they actually called me back and said, hey, the job's still open. And I said, oh, shit. Cool. Well, right before you start this job, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. I'm shy like a silver fox, then light just feathers from a phoenix wing that falls to the ground. Welcome back. So we left off where you were just about to start taking your first adventures on a scooter. On a scooter. While you were still kind of an impromptu member of a motorcycle club yes. that was actually recovery based. Yeah. So, so yeah, awesome, like, awesome. I with your scooter. I love scooter. it. So so here's the thing, like I I feel like I'm judged all the time. I feel like Oh, don't we all? Don't we all, right? So like the girls in it the girls in the program and I'd see them at meetings, I'd ride up on my scooter and feel like I, they were laughing at me. Man, but fuck that shit. So yeah, you're like, bitch, I'm not walking. Bitch, I'm not walking. I'm not taking the bus. Dude, I had taken, I had taken the bus right. or walked since 2000. Fucking like, what was it? Shit, I'm trying to think. Like 2000, 2006. Yeah, no, no, earlier 2005. Right. So like, fuck, man. Like, I need, you know, like shit. To me, this is a freedom I never knew. Right. Um. So here I am. I'm scooting all over fucking Virginia Beach. I've got sticker that says scooter bitch. I've got a license plate that says my Harley. I'm literally wearing Harley jackets that my friends gave me. Uh, yep. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Right? Cause I am so proud of my scooter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, 
But this time, like, so I did stay in contact with the toxic, the toxic silver fox. Um, trying to tell him, like, look, dude, this shit gets better. Like, you. Oh, because he was out. He was well. He was kind of in and out, right? Okay. And um, and I, I still, I still cared for him, you know. And how I mean? long had you been clean at this point? Um, I would hit him up like every six, nine months, right? Okay. Six months, I'd be like, "Hey, dude, shit's good. Check me out." Okay. You know what I mean? Not. Yeah. And I wasn't. Here's the thing. There came a point in my life where I stopped expecting certain things from people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because here's expectations a lot of, a are lot dangerous. Of the re- a lot of the reasons why I would relapse is because I would expect certain things of myself yep. or from other people. And in relationships, I wouldn't even realize I was expecting something. Absolutely. Until it didn't happen. Oh, yes. And then I would be all butthurt, right? So mm-hmm. like, I got to the point where not getting a text back immediately or within a few days became okay. Like this okay. wasn't about gotcha. me. And that wasn't just for him. That was about other people in general. Because you know what? Suddenly I started to have a life. Right. Right. And I realized I wasn't texting people back immediately. And my sponsor actually told me at the time, she's like, look, you need your time. Turn your phone off. Right. Because I wouldn't be able to take a nap. I wouldn't be able to meditate because I would be so conscious about my goddamn phone. Because, (laughs) you know, I'm so fucking important. Um, And I have to. I came from an era of no answering machines. Nope. No. You know what I mean? Like, and here Mm -hmm. I am too worried about my goddamn cell phone. Yep. So, um. Life is good. And my sponsor, she was like, look, other than the no, get dick but no feelings, she's like, you're licensed. We need to talk about that. And I said, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And what year are we at right now? Is this We're like 2018? It's 2017 2017? Okay. Because, um, you know, it's summertime. Yep. She's like, we need to talk about this. And I'm like, oh, uh. man, come on, dude. So I started making phone calls to all the different places and started finding out what I needed to do. And she's like, look, it's an elephant. I know it's an elephant, but you can eat an elephant if you take it by bits and pieces. Yep. So that's what I did. Um, and my mom started to slowly come back into my life. Right. Um, so that relationship was beginning to be restored. Um, I had to spend a lot of money um, paying off fines. Mm-hmm. Um, Jersey had a lot over me. They had close to about 14 to 18 grand on me up there um, mm-hmm. between not paying my fines for my DUIs and the telephone pole that I took out. So that was my biggest hurdle. Um, and I had a lot of medical debt. So my, yep. my, my credit score was a 358. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that's fucking possible, but it was, I checked it. Like when I got out of jail, I was like, oh, let me see my credit score and let me cry. Um, so I did end up declaring bankruptcy. I paid for that. I paid for bankruptcy in um, October of 2017. While I, I, and I paid my scooter off. I paid $200 a week for like two months, right? Because I could do that. Yep. I was making that money. I was paying my bills. I was being a fucking responsible adult. Um, and I, was, I started paying my fines. And um, lo and behold, after all that was said and done and the, the bankruptcy went through, um, I got myself a little credit card, a little secure credit card, and I started working on my credit. And um, I called New Jersey and I was like, all right, all my fines are paid off here. Um, what do I owe? How do I take care of this? And they were like, oh, so your bankruptcy cleared your debt. I didn't know this. It wasn't a so the telephone pole was a private company. Okay. Bankruptcies will clear private companies, but not state. Wow. And because of the four thousand dollars, also I owed for like the fine, not the fine. It was some kind of restoration. It was some bullshit. It cleared that too. I was really surprised. I wasn't expecting that. Like I was like, oh, I'm getting my license back way sooner. Yes. I was all excited, right? And um, and I paid. The, they had a three hundred dollar restoration fee, and I did that. And I'm like, I'm going to get my fucking license, man. And then I'm like, one thing I have to do left. ASAP. I was going to say ASAP with the machine in your car. Well, ASAP with, nope. I didn't need a machine because guess what? Oh, they it had been actually, so long. They didn't hit me with a DUI. Oh. They just hit me with ASAP. Okay. okay. Right? Because obviously I have a problem. And, and they want their $400. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, all right, cool. Right? Um, so 
you know, I, I, I start stashing up money to do all this, um, while paying things off and, you know, my life is getting, getting so much better. Um, my sponsor at the time who, who was my biggest influence and my, my biggest, I, I don't know. I called her every day and that's no shit. When I say I called her every day, I called, you called her, her every, every day. fucking day. Um, and that helped me because at seven months sober, I did want to drink and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I actually picked up the phone for the first time. And mm-hmm. when I talked to another recovery person, cause I, I couldn't get her first. I called someone else and then she called me back. But anyway, the obsession went away mm-hmm. and that was the first time I ever actually did anything for my, for myself when I wanted to use. And, um, it was amazing. And, uh, she, my sponsor, she had heart issues. She was so passionate about recovery. And I think that's because she knew she was dying. Okay. And she told me that like when I met her, she was like, I'm really sick. You need to know that. And I was like, nah, man, you're good. Right. Firecracker. She ended up, um, at the heart hospital for a few months, um, waiting on a heart towards the end. And when I had nine months, um, clean, she hit me up and she was like, and I scootered to see her actually. I scootered from fucking Lynn Haven all the way to Norfolk Heart Hospital. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying that to say, oh, look what I did. No, but I got you. It was like, dude, I needed to see you. You had to. And that's to. what we need to do, right? So, yep. um, and, and our conversations weren't about recovery that much anymore, but how are you feeling today? Right. Right. And, um, and that was, that was just how it, how it grew. And, um, when I heard she texted me, I was at a Tuesday night meeting and she texted me. She said, Hey, guess what? They have a heart. And I was getting my nine month thing and i was i was celebrating nine months and i'm like oh shit no way dude fucking awesome all i wanted for christmas because this is near christmas i'm like right. all I want for christmas is this bitch to get a heart because she gets her heart we can go back to what we were doing like we're right. still working on steps again right and um she gets her heart and it was so hard because i called her the next day and she didn't answer because you know she's recovering and they they put her in an induced coma because something was wrong okay um, and that was the worst 10 days of my life and it was heading up to Christmas and, um, on the 23rd of December is when I found out she passed away, mm. um, from complications. And here's the thing. So obviously me and death don't go very well. Right. And I didn't want to drink. I was standing outside my Oxford house, looking down the street, seeing the Seven Eleven, and I'm like, you know what? Of everything I want to fucking do right now. Finally, you don't want to drink. drink. I called my best friends. I called my mother. I cried. I went to work the next day because I had to, um, and then I went to meetings, 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 meetings for an entire week, and I cried at every fucking meeting, and I showed my fa- I showed my heart, and people were there for me, and I, I didn't drink. Right. I didn't drink, man, and that was some shit. That was like a fucking miracle, and I got myself another sponsor immediately because she told me, if I go, be prepared. Okay. Even though I didn't believe she was going to go, right? Right. And, um, and, I, and at a year, I moved out of the Oxford house. I was still on my scooter because it was taking time to get all this shit done. And we don't like that. I nope. don't like We don't like shit to take time. Patience? What is that? <sighs> Fuck that. Um, so I moved out. I moved into a house owned by someone in recovery. And um, it was really cool. Like, I felt, I felt accomplished, mm-hmm. you know? And um, my mom and I were cool. She came down for my one-year celebration. I hadn't seen her in years. When you say um, years, we're talking like a decade? Uh, we're talking since my daughter, since I saw her probably about four years, it was about four or five, no, about five years. And, um, it was, it was just an amazing experience. And, um, I decided after my one year to reach out to the silver Fox again and, um, see how he was doing. Actually. Okay. I'm lying. I was trying to date. Yep. Here we go. I was trying to date and I was on like plenty of fish or something. Cause I decided to try to date people outside of recovery. Rigorous honesty. Jesus Christ. And I saw him on there uh-huh. and I was like, Oh. So I hit him up and I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing on Plenty of Fish, dude? Like, really? Yep. And he hit me back like, oh, my God, you know, how are you? And I was like, I got a year, you know, a year sober and clean. And he was like, I miss you. You know, I miss all of you. It's just not 
the sex and shit I miss because there was a lot of intellect there. He was a very smart, intelligent man. And I was like, you know what? I miss you too. Um, it was about 13 months of me being sober. And we decided we were going to try to have coffee and talk. And um, I was excited about this. And when I didn't hear back from him, I didn't think anything of it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm used to the ghost. Right. I'm right. used to it. Um, and then uh, a couple days afterwards, I, I heard something. And I didn't want to believe it. And um, I called his mother because his mother and I were friends. Because when he had relapsed, she and I were the ones trying to hunt, her, hunt him down. Okay. So I called her and I said, Ann, um, where's Tyler? I just said his name. You can bleed that out or whatever. I, where's he at? And she's like, Marie, I, I was trying to call you, but I couldn't find your number. We moved. And my address book is somewhere in a box. She's old. She's like 80 something, right? So mm-hmm. she doesn't really use cell phones. She had a home phone. Okay. And I'm like, what happened? And she had told me, you know, she's like, uh, I woke up and went into his room because he was living with her and uh, he was on the floor. And uh, she's like, it wasn't an overdose. It wasn't an overdose. And I'm like, okay, well, what was it? And she's like, he had a heart attack in his sleep. Um, and he had heart problems. He'd always had heart problems, but when you're, you're not taking care of yourself because you're in your addiction and you're drinking and you're a bartender and you're not going to the doctor, you don't take care of those things. Um, so supposedly that was cause of death, but I also know that he was, he was still doing some drugs and he was still drinking. So that probably had something to play with it and not saying it was overdose. But anyway, so like I flip shit. Yep. I flip shit. And, um, I had a, I had a commitment that night to bring a meeting into pathways. Yep. And I did. I brought it. I couldn't speak. I cried. Um, and I stayed I stayed sober. I stayed sober mm-hmm. through that, man. My heart fucking broke, dude. My heart broke. But I realized something that like sometimes my higher power does things for me that, that saves me. Yeah. Mike dying wasn't my fault. Right. Mike was never going to stop using. Right. My higher power looked out for him and me and my daughter by taking him. Right. She is now with a wonderful, my sister, even though we don't talk, she's got a wonderful life. Him and I would have never gave her ever been able to financially or anything else right um and my mom's involved with her life um and with it it, and it it stopped the chaos right him passing away right same thing with tyler right the chaos he was causing his mother and himself and the 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 fact that we we don't use to cause chaos i use me i'm not gonna say we i use to bury the feelings that i've dealt with for too long or the fact the feelings i just caused yesterday of guilt and shame right. by what I did right. when I was fucked up, right? Absolutely. So it's sometimes when a person dies, it's so sad, but it's also I have to remind myself that they're free. They are. That they're free. And they're that, not in pain anymore. They're not in pain anymore. So like I, I was able to get through that and um, ASAP told me that I had to do an outpatient program, which pissed me the fuck off because that was more money. They were like, well, you're high risk. I'm like, and this is at 18 months. Oh my okay, gosh. Okay, so fast forward to 18 months. You're sober. like, it's been a year and a and half. I literally, oh, yo, you have no idea. So, my high horse ass, because yep. now I've got 18 months sober, went like this. Do you understand that I have 18 months sober and that I'm on this committee and that I do this at this place and I do. And she's looking at me like, I'm just going by the computer. And my mom was like, hey, Maria, you realize something, right? Like, she's seeing your record. Yeah. She doesn't know what you've done. And honestly, yeah. it's all anonymous anyway, right? Right. So what the fuck? So I had to humble yeah. myself. And guess what? Everybody in the rooms was like, Maria, it's just another hurdle. Push through it. You'll get through it. And so it took me another 16 weeks of this fucking class every Monday night in the cold. I scootered into fucking cold mm. um, to get to this class. Um, so at 22 months clean and sober, um, I finally had my license. Okay. I had a permit. They gave me a permit. Mm. 
at 22 months. I had to have a permit for 60 days. Um, so but, what year are we at now? Um, this is 2019. Okay. Right. So I get through 2019. I get my license back. Um, and the I, Silver Fox had passed in what year? Uh, that was 2018, right after my clean date. So right okay. in, yeah, like April. I think it's April. So he passed away. I just keep plugging along and everything. I kind of stay single. I mean, I, I, I did have a relationship with a man in recovery that was more of a friendship. Um, but I did have to end that healthy because of the fact I knew I didn't love him. Right. That was the first time I ever actually ended a relationship in a healthy way um, and, and let the person know that it's not you. You know what I mean? Like it's just this, not right. It's just not right. So why? And I'm not going to drag you along. Exactly. Because like, yeah. it was comfortable. Um, and, and I got to drive to Jersey. So, you know, at my two year mark or two year mark, yeah, two year mark, yeah, two year mark, I got to drive up to Jersey for the first fucking time. Do you know driving through the Chesapeake Bay Bridge tunnel gave me a fucking heart attack? I hadn't <laughs> driven. Seriously. I really right, hadn't driven right. so fucking long. I was shaking, crying, going through Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Oh my gosh. Jersey. By yourself. Oh my God. But, um, and man, this is in 2019. Yeah, it's 2019, man. It was so fucking awesome. Um, and I mean, tell me I had recovery backing me and checking on me and I went to meetings up there in Jersey and everything. Right before we get into your trip to Jersey, we're going to go ahead and end the second segment of your story okay. and we will be back shortly, but thank you and just trust us. Okay. If you're not still, if you're not still, if you're not still. 